Tiger Cats pregame presented by Journey Rewards. Louis B alongside Andy Fantuz at beautiful Alumni oh, Stadium. Oh, let's set this mic off here. Uh, <laughs> speaking with the enemy, Toronto Argonauts play-by-play -play voice. Mike Hogan is with us. And uh, Hoagie, before we talk about the team, the guys we're about to see for the Argos, I uh, mentioned this off the top. I, I love Guelph. This is one of my favorite cities. Uh, I've I come five times a year at least for the last ten years just to you know spend a weekend or hang out with some friends. Uh, what has this experience been like at U uh, G uh, so far? It's it's great. It was great when you guys were here, <laughs> but in the last few years, what they've done with the pavilion. Have you guys been to the weight room here? I've heard. No, oh, I, haven't, I haven't been. My. It's underneath us out. right now because we're, we're yeah. sitting in the grandstand. Uh, if you come to Guelph, you'll see us, but it's underneath us basically. Yeah, it's it's underneath the grandstand. This is a D1 facility. Like, this is a really good facility. We want to take the pavilion and take it back to people, <laughs> right? It's, it's unbelievable. The dressing rooms like Stu Lang and the people here at Guelph have just rolled out the red carpet, and the facilities are second to none, and we're thrilled. We signed a, a multi-year deal to be here for training camp, so we're, we're really happy. Yeah, that's great. It's good. They they can probably get a lot of top recruits uh, when they come and check out these facilities just to sign right on the spot uh, and, uh, and really improve the the program year after year. Kevin McNeil was the uh, was the head coach here. He's at Western now. Your your alma mater and big Alabama fan, right? So he goes down to Alabama because he wanted to check out the facilities, and he comes back and said, "What are the facilities like?" And he looked kind of sheepish. He said. Ours are almost as good <laughs> as Alabama. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, the, this is an amazing facility. Uh, players I've been talking to have loved it, um, but camp's over after this game, and there's going to be some difficult decisions to yeah. make. Uh, who are you watching on the Argo side uh, to, to make an impact here tonight? I, you know, it's, it, it's interesting because there are, there are guys that you expect to start, and they're all being pushed. And the, the funny thing is if you go back four years ago with the Argos, this would be a really good weekend for the Argos because there would be cuts made tomorrow and the Argos could go, okay, let's bring that guy in, let's bring that guy in. Let's bring. Now it's the other way where we made first-round cuts last week and three of them were gone within like a day. So there are going to be some really good players who are going to be looking for work tomorrow and there are going to be some teams that are going to start poaching. I think every team is in that position, but it's it just shows how this team has improved over the last three or four years. The Argos certainly have probably the biggest collection of uh, savvy vets, I would say, in the league. And ha is the, has the coaching staff been able to kind of gel them all together? Uh, you know, you got a lot of new guys who are studs in this league. A, a couple coming from the Ticats, uh, you know, obviously a big one from the Blue Bombers. Um, how has the dynamic been with all the new additions? Nobody is forcing leadership. You know what I mean? Like a guy will come in and say, hey, this is my team. I'm going to... No, it's like, when McManus, uh, you know, he's just himself. And guys kind of gravitate toward him. And Andrew Harris is himself. And he's not said, hey, come on down. I'm going to take you guys at the dinner or whatever. It's just, hey, I'm just one of the guys. And that it, it's really, the leadership is built organically. I think that McLeod is still obviously a leader of this team. Uh, Enoch Mwamba is obviously a leader of this team. But there are guys who kind of have their, within the dynamic of the locker room, there are guys who just kind of be themselves and people gravitate to. And I think the couple of guys that I mentioned really have fit in. And they're not trying. You know, Speedy B is not trying to be a leader. Jagger Davis is not trying to be a leader. They're just they're just going out leading by example. And um, I'll, I'll admit, last year, Speedy B, I think we all looked at him and said, boy, is he done? Like, he's not the guy that we saw. And he looks different. I don't know if it's a chip on his shoulder. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know what it is. 
but he seems to be closer to the guy we saw three seasons ago, or two seasons ago, three years ago, as opposed to the guys we saw, the guy we saw last year. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to get a fresh start and uh, and, and just change change gears. And certainly going to be a lot of uh, rivalry this year with this first of four, five games, yeah. possibly six, yeah. if uh, if the playoff matchup happens. So uh, going to be some some epic battles here between the. Uh, down, down the QEW. Uh, you mentioned uh, the players that were caught. One of them was Antonio Pipkin that was picked up real quick. That's because from what I've heard around Argos camp, from you, from Nate, from other people I've talked to, Chad Kelly really came in and has impressed a lot of people. What have you seen from the likely, well, the backup quarterback now for the Hamilton, or for the Toronto Argos? Well, you don't make, you know, all SEC twice if you can't play football, right? Um, he's got all the skills. He can throw. He can run. Um, and he's sitting, he's, he hasn't come in and said, hey, Mac, this is my team. I'm taking over. Uh, one of the things McLeod wanted to do, and he did it last year as well when Arbuckle came, is he wanted to get a camaraderie in the quarterback room first and foremost. And the two of those uh, players, Austin Simmons is, is the other youngster, and he's the youngest of the three. Uh, they seem to really be clicking. And we know what McLeod can do. Uh, he's got his fans. He's got his detractors. Um, Chad Kelly isn't there yet. Uh, there is a possibility that he could be an exceptionally good quarterback in this league. He's got the arm strength. Now it's just kind of adapting. He's putting the hours in, but can he adapt to this game? Some can do it, some can't, but he seems to be on the right road. Uh, it's it's easy to forget, considering the fact he led the league in 2019 in passing yards, but McLeod Bethel-Thompson has never gone into a season, into a training camp, as the number one guy, very similar to the Ticats with Dane Evans this season. Despite his success, he has never been the guy from camp moving forward. What have you seen from MBT as that anointed number one, no competition, you're our guy? Uh, he still feels competition, and yeah. I think that that's what pushes him. He knows Chad Kelly is behind him. Um, every player in a uniform, whether they're young or old, knows there's a guy behind him who can play. They wouldn't be at camp if they can't play. Ticats, their starters are doing exactly the same thing. Hey, who's this guy from whatever university behind me? Uh, he feels that, and he should feel that. Every player should feel that. So uh, there have been uh, instances where he's spoken up. There was, and Andy, you were through enough camps. You know, at least once a year, there's going to be one of those, uh, not a fight in this case, but gets a little chippy. Kerfuffle. Good word. <laughs> what are you, 90? Um, but Skirmish. One of, they had one of those practices. And McLeod and Philip Blake, another veteran, the offensive lineman, immediately got in the middle of it. And they took charge. And that's the kind of leadership that he's going to show. And on the field, everybody loves him. Everybody trusts him. And, you know, it's he's got something to prove after the second half of that game in uh, at BMO Field where just everything seemed to go wrong after a first half where they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. I always found that those were some of the biggest points of growth, whether it be on the field or in a meeting room. If there's a disagreement amongst the players and the, and the vets come in and, and really – take charge and handle the business i feel like that's what really brings teams together so uh you know i witnessed one in uh, with the tie cats this year and uh it, th those are you know you don't as a as a coach you don't want to be enforcing rules or being strict like these are professional athletes these are grown men uh so to get that leadership coming organically from within the team uh, is crucial and i'm sure dane would have done the same thing with you guys and just you know th there are those players who've been around the block a couple of times van zyle would have done it unless of course chris was in the middle of it uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know 
Vanzilla would have been there and he would have kind of uh, calmed things down. But they, every team's got that dynamic and it's just finding out who those guys are. And when that happens, you find out in a hurry. Uh, Ryan Dinwiddie entering his second season as head coach, uh, coming off a Coach of the Year award last year, coming off a first place in the East Division. What have you seen differently from him in camp this time around? Has he changed? Has he adjusted? How is he different in year two as head coach? He's taken the, the foot off the accelerator a little bit in terms of, you know, being with the guys. He Occasionally, he would cut a practice short if he said, okay, it looks like the legs are getting a little heavy here. Let's let's do that. Last year, he did, and he was like, okay, i got to get everything in. i got to get everything in. I've got to get everything in. And you would think that this year he would have been more like that because he lost a few days because of the, the, the player strike, um, for lack of a better term. Um, but, no, he, 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 he wanted to make sure everybody was healthy. Last year was bad for injuries. Isaiah Cage went down at the end of a practice where he said, where Ryan said afterwards that, you know, I was going to cut it short, and then on the last play of the practice, Cage is gone for the year with an ankle injury. So I think he learned a lesson Ryan did the hard way that you know when you when you sense it's time to end the practice end the practice and and he did and he's been very very cognizant even though he wants to get as much install as possible he uh, uh, at the same time he's been very very cognizant of keeping guys fresh uh, the tiger cats have a bit of a you know sick feeling in their stomach after back-to-back -back losses in the great cup but um, Argos probably have a similar feeling after that uh, come from behind victory by the tie cats in the east final have you heard a lot of talk about that game uh any any uh you know any momentum coming in from that no and that might change for the regular season game i think people for this game were just okay let's get this through this and not get hurt right and i think it's the same thing with the tie cats right like you don't you want to see what you've got for the starters they know they're going to start or they're going to be in the rotation or whatever um they just want to get to the regular season and go home and sleep in a more comfortable bed and do all of the stuff that you want to do at the end of camp. So um, I, I don't feel it yet. You know, if there's a cheap shot tonight, maybe it ramps it up in a hurry. And there are so many guys like Andrew Harris who's coming in. This is new to him. He doesn't know this rivalry yet. None of the Americans know this rivalry. They don't know where Hamilton is. Your guys kind of know where Toronto is, but they haven't been there yet. They don't know the rivalry Maybe if somebody punches somebody in the mouth in the second quarter, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden we got something. Yeah. As we're joined by Mike Hogan, we're speaking with the enemy. We're still about uh, 20, 25 minutes away from kickoff at Alumni Stadium at beautiful University of Guelph. Is it Grey Cup or bust? Is it get to the Grey Cup or bust for the Argos this season, considering the way last year went, considering you add a couple of key pieces like you did with JG and Speedy? Like, is, is it Grey Cup or bust for this team? At this time, for every team, it better be. I think the Argos can realistically say, yeah, we, 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 should, we should be better defensively, especially than we were a year ago. We needed that downhill runner, that downhill presence. We've got it now. Uh, going to an extra American on the offensive line will probably help. Uh, they've done the things necessary to finally get past the Ticats in the East, and then, you know what it's like in the Grey Cup, roll the dice and see what you got. And, you know, if you get to the Grey Cup, great. You want to win it. I think everybody to a man isn't thinking about beating Hamilton. They're thinking about the Grey Cup. Uh, any draft picks that you've got your eye on in this one or that stood out to you in camp from the Argos? This is usually a, a great chance to, to make an impact, to, to get your name, uh, to put on, put your game on tape. Who are you watching uh, among the uh, the recent draftees of the Argos uh, that we should keep our eye on? Gregor McKellar, who went sixth overall, is uh, a guy who's got a little bit of nasty to him. Um, <laughs> It was funny, he, in the first play last year, he went up against uh, 
Uh, oh no, I'm having a, a <laughs> brain cramp. He used to play D. Uh, he used to play D line for us. Lang, Lang, Cleon Lang. Cleon. One of us, Cleon, and it, it didn't go well. <laughs> and then the next play, they they isolated him, and he did much better. Um, so it was a learning curve for him. I just want to see if he's got a little bit more in him, and I want to see if he's got some of the swagger we saw on on video. He, he put it this way, Andy, when they were playing Western last year in the game that was a thousand to nothing, in in the fourth quarter he was still out there knocking guys down. Um, the second round pick, Deontay Knight, is injured right now. Uh, it was feared it was going to be season ending. It's not, thankfully. So uh, you got a bit of a break. Uh, and then Dan Adebayoye is uh, a running back who there's a potential to make the running back a Canadian position. Uh, he went 15th overall. He is smooth. Uh, you know, you get those guys who come into camp, and it, it, it looks like they're kind of nervous. He just he just flows. So you'll see him tonight, and you'll you'll see what I mean in terms of running style. He does not look like a rookie. Normally, uh, when I have you on this show, when I have you on pregame, I, I like to ask the Argos will win this game if I think we're all in the same boat. We just want to see everybody come out of this game healthy. Yes. Uh, you know, the score will will someone will have bragging rights at this table, but. Modify the question a little bit. The Argos will win the East. If. Oh. Finish that sentence for me. They stay healthy. Yeah. So the uh, talent's uh, there. Yeah, I think the talent is there. And I think if they stay healthy, I think the coaching is there. Uh, you know, Corey Mace has done a great job. The defense just loves them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, th I think that there, there are no holes right now in this roster. Well, if they're better than Hamilton, I don't know. We'll find out when they play. But if this team can stay healthy, I'm confident that, uh, that they can win the, uh, the East. Consistency on the coaching staff is going to go a long way this year too, right? I mean, just because of the way things went last year, yeah. which all things considered, when you look at what the Argos did, a major coaching change mid-season, not due to performance. That, that's very, them. yeah. That's, I mean, that's hard to come by. And, and yeah. having that consistency, I'm sure you've seen it in camps already. Yeah, they, and the the coaches all know each other, and they're, we've we've talked about this a couple of times that uh, there's a real camaraderie with this group. They've all seemed to coach with one another, as it is in the CFL. <laughs> they all seem to be with one or uh, one another from a different market. So it's it's a pretty good vibe here this year it's a very relaxed very okay let's get this done kind of mentality uh, alumni stadium filling in and i'm starting to see a bit more argos jerseys i said it was about five to one tie cats to uh have you driven through <laughs> mississauga on a oh, friday night that's true yes not an easy drive it was a much easier drive up highway six uh hoagie i know you got your own broadcast to get ready for so thanks for doing this Appreciate anytime it. guys you know that that is mike hogan that was speaking with the oh, enemy still ahead today's starting lineups let me get that you mute get button that there <laughs> tie Cats starting lineup, Carstar keys to the game. Coming up next, you're listening to Tiger Cats pregame presented by Journey Rewards on the Tiger Cats Audio Network.